0: What's up,
1: man? What's up? How you been?
0: Good. How are you doing?
1: Pretty good. Can't complain. Could always be worse.
0: Always be worse. Yeah. Are you Are you in Illinois right now?
1: Yeah, I'm back home.
0: Uh, so what's it's uh, stay at home?
1: It's something like that. I mean, I think we have the one of the strictest rules right now.
0: Yeah, seems that way.
1: Still get out of the house once in a while.
0: See, see the world a little
1: bit. Yeah. Well, the worst part is I haven't played soccer in forever, so. I think it's been like two months. Starting to miss it a little bit. A little bit. A little bit.
0: I uh, I, I'm I'm trying to get every team to agree the first time that they go back and do Rondo as a team that they film it because oh, I think man. it's just gonna be rough.
1: I mean, I'm I'm thinking about it because if we stay home for a little bit, college season if college season starts, yeah, man, these kids are gonna be out of shape.
0: I know they're, they're, so not, they're not doing anything right there. now.
1: It's gonna be. They were actually thinking about skipping preseason and going straight to games in september so that would be even worse oh wow that'd be that'd be fun though injuries you have to recruit 30 guys
0: yeah especially in college season where it's like three games a week oh yeah no it's
1: it's no joke but i'm just hoping we play which it's like 50 50 right now yeah they might even move it to the spring so I don't know Dude. if my guys are going to be eligible to play in the spring because it's the first semester. I have a lot of freshmen.
0: Oh yeah, it's yeah, rough. They, that
1: first year, that, and it's a junior college, so there's a reason they're there because their grades are not good to begin with.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. I feel, I it's like it's like, baby, it's like baby.
1: It's like babysitting. Like You're, you literally um, have to almost walk them to classes with by their hand.
0: Hey, after uh, what was that? The uh, the football one about Juco College, the Netflix show uh what
1: was it called uh uh, cap no last chance you
0: last chance you yeah
1: that's and the thing is like i've watched all of them and legit it's it's like that everywhere but they care about their students and graduating for most Mm -hmm. schools you recruit 20 guys and maybe two of them come back the next year because they don't pass their grades especially especially in, in soccer since it's first semester you get those kids the first semester they'll go to school during season and, man, like, they'll just stop going to school right after that. As soon as the season's over, you won't, the teachers won't see them. And that's their two months, two and a half months of college soccer, and that's it. Oh, and wow. there's a lot of good soccer players that do that. I mean, they, they go to a junior college for a reason. Right. Not all of them. You have – I mean, the NCAA and the clearinghouse is pretty hard to get through, especially yeah. when they go to uh, bad schools and those counselors don't really care about it, so they don't put them in core credits, like morning, morning college. I mean, high school, which yeah. is one of the best high schools in the state. Most of those kids can go Division One because they win state almost every year, but they can't go Division One because they don't pass the clearinghouse. Which is and it's all it's all on counselors
0: Yeah, Jeez. welcome to U.S. soccer, everyone.
1: Oh yeah, it's and then once you're done with college, it's too late, almost almost too late to play pro anywhere else. So <laughs> that's. You're, I tell my guys in college, I'm like, this is the closest most of you're gonna get to pro soccer, so enjoy it. Because yeah. After that, it's Sunday night league, and that's it. Sunday or Wednesday, night. Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 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 Wednesday leagues at the at the odium. Hey, don't
0: don't undersell the odium games. <laughs>
1: hey, we all we've all been there.
0: We've all still been love there. it. All right, and man. I still well, played. I'm still balling. <laughs> uh, welcome back to another Footy and Coffee conversations. Are you a coffee drinker? There we oh, go oh man Aw, straight black
1: no nah, i wish that's that's before practices uh, straight black
0: see i, always I got some straight, i got some vanilla straight, stuff in there straight black with that beard my dad always oh, said you drink straight black coffee it'll put hair on your chest it's growing in huh it's coming in nice i don't know honest oh. seems to not like it so much but he's a honest. hater sometimes
1: <laughs> it's it's because he can't grow one. it's a little patchy you know <laughs> it's always the people that can't grow one.
0: yeah yeah, I I like that. I like that. That's why they're they're hating on it.
1: Um, uh, honest, don't worry, there's there's pills for that now.
0: <laughs> uh, if you want to get started, just introduce yourself. Uh, obviously you're you're not a player now, you're a coach, recently retired. Um yeah. talk about where where you're coaching and then what position you used to play when you were a player. All
1: right. My name is Peter Schlieva. I used to be an indoor pro goalie. Now I coach college at uh Triangle College and a seagulls youth soccer team
0: very cool yeah so you had a little bit different um career path to the u.s um obviously not starting out in the u.s you grew up in poland uh what, what was that like what was what was soccer like for you at a young age in poland
1: my dad played pro so i was basically born into it since i could barely walk i was at, the, at his practices. So, I mean, I don't really remember it. I see pictures of me just going to practices and all that. But as soon as I start, I mean, Europe, you live in Europe now, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. I played soccer every day outside. Even when you start going to school, you come back from school. You, if you do your homework, you do your homework right away. And then you're outside playing soccer till your mom calls you and it when it's dark. So that, that was every day. But then you play every single position. I play goal, I play forward. So that's why, the, the world so much adventure inside soccer. That's all they do. Like, they don't – we didn't have video games. We, that's all we did is play soccer every day.
0: Skipping so, practice for Fortnite like some of the kids Oh uh,
1: Yeah, that happens. But, we like, in Poland, we live in basically big condo buildings, right? So, we every building had their own team, basically. So, you played against other buildings. So, it was, like, you didn't have a team, but you, it was guys from your building playing against – like, it was bragging rights. So, it was, it was pretty cool. I live across um, the street from the pro stadium, so, like, in the practice facilities over there. So, I was literally across the street.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, rep- it was represent fun. for the condo.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, that's basically what it was. Like, people, people don't understand it now, but, like, that's how it was. We had – but a lot of the places that we played in were fenced in, like, fields with no grass, with no nets. Like, you stayed on. You had to win to stay on, because if you didn't, you waited for an hour and a half, two hours, because there was a bunch of people there. So, my my block was pretty good.
0: You were you were getting your playing time still.
1: Oh yeah, I was always uh, playing with the older kids, so I was always picked on too. <laughs> I was always the young kid.
0: Oh, brutal, yeah, and they're not they're not so nice in Europe to the younger guys sometimes. No,
1: you have to you have to earn it.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, what what was the the reason your family decided to move to the U.S.
1: I mean, my parents lived there during communist time, so obviously life wasn't that great. The pay for soccer players wasn't great, so then my dad kind of stopped, got on knee injury, stopped playing. So came over here, played for like Eagles and all those teams towards ACL again, and stopped playing and just stayed here. But I came here when I was eight years old, so it was tough at the beginning. Yeah, did didn't you, speak you didn't a speak lick of English. English. Oh, wow. the first year I went to school, they, it was a mixed class with a bunch of Polish kids. So I kind of got away with it. My parents weren't happy because I was speaking Polish the whole time. Then after that, they put me in an all English class. That was brutal. Like coming home crying every day because you can't talk to anybody. But that's, that's how I learned. So it picked, it picked up real quick because you had yeah.
0: to. Yeah. You were forced to. Um, My
1: sister had it easier because she went to kindergarten. I went straight to third grade. So
0: yeah, that's not easy. Even when you speak the language sometimes. So, oh yeah. <laughs> um, but. Did you find soccer uh, to be kind of, when you got to the U.S., kind of an escape then in the sense that, you know, you don't have to be able to speak the language, you know. Oh, yeah. You can just be on the field.
1: I started playing on Eagles. It's a Polish team, but a lot of those kids didn't really speak English. I mean, Polish, so I was learning through that, but I was a little bit better than everybody. So I was playing field. I was playing goalie, like. It was it was fun. That was the escape. That was what you looked forward to, especially me coming from Poland. When you're playing soccer every day, then you're going to playing two, three times a week and that's all you really get. So you really enjoy that time.
0: Yeah. When uh, when did you start becoming full-time in the net?
1: Full-time, probably when I was like 11, 12. I p- usually played at least a half in goal. And then like every goalie you think you're forward, score goals. I scored my share of goals though. Like. I always played a year up. My dad coached. I think I was U eight, U tens. I always played at least two years up. And every time I got in trouble at practice, he'd be like, "Go play with the little kids and kick me out of practice." So I'm crying. You walk into the other field, practicing with the younger kids, my age. He, he was tough. Like I didn't like to run, so that's why I played goalie. So we did every time we did laps. You finish last three, you're like, you're not trying to get over here. Get 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 there with the little kids. You're not trying, like yeah. He's like, I don't want people telling me I take it easy on you because you're my son. So I just say I got kicked out of practice a lot. It but seems... I, the only good thing was I played the U times and U eights, so I played double games on the weekend. So oh, that would I'll take be nice. It. Yeah,
0: I would. I would like that. It seems though, like uh, when you're when your parents coaching you, it's either they're really easy on you and are you know don't don't do a good job of coaching, or they're just. Oh, you know,
1: it's, it's, so it's your European parents are the worst. It's like, it's like Hispanic parents. Like you come home, you have a shout out, you're happy. And like, you dropped that ball right there, or you should have done this. Like you're embarrassing me. Like, and then every time you made an excuse, you like, listen, I'm a goalie. You're not going to use excuses on me. I know better. I'm like, all right, it was, it was, it was rough. The, the car rides home were rough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. was uh, obviously, you know, having a dad, that's a goalie, you get, to learn a lot more about goalkeeping than the average goalie at a younger age um oh, yeah. do you think that was that a big factor in your development um how long was he kind of involved in the coaching side of you as a goalie
1: i mean we did individual practices since i was little since basically i came here since i was eight nine to 12 13 but they were tough and it was stuff that you probably wouldn't do with kids right now because take your gloves off you're not using gloves today you got to catch the ball you're not going to be like these new goalies that just punch everything out because he came from the old school and like i watch games with him right now and there's a shot at a goalie and he punches it out he was like man if i did that i'll be on the bench for like months like you have to catch everything and it's like every single old school player oh man we played with balloons those balls were going like this and the fields were shit and the grass, there was no grass by the goal. Like now, you you guys are spoiled.
0: Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. I think every older parent says is that er uh, player is that nowadays they're just spoiled and have it soft, which too, it's, I, it's, I think ha- to it's happening to me so right it. now.
1: Like I watch college and I'm like co- t- coaching. I'm like, man, when I was, when I was playing, like, you couldn't get away with this, especially like fitness wise. These kids are so soft now. It's, my college coach would rip us like and there's players you could rip and they'll play better and there's players got to babysit my coach didn't understand that he ripped everybody so i could, me growing up the way i did you could yell at me all you want i'm gonna get pissed off and play better yeah some of those kids just went straight down and you're like well this is this program isn't for everybody
0: yeah they get they're uh sometimes a little too soft and then if anyone yells at them they've never been yelled at before so they just quit oh yeah i uh That made me think of a story. One of my friends told me he was a baseball player uh, in high school and he drops a a pop fly, drops it out of his glove. Coach stops the game, calls him in from the outfield to come in. He gets into the dugout. Guy's like has chewing tobacco, which again would never happen nowadays either. Just goes, (laughs) spits it on his chest and just like swears up a storm at him, says don't ever drop the ball again and sends it back out onto the field with that mark on his shirt. Like, I was just like, can you imagine if a coach did that nowadays?
1: <laughs> my, my second year coaching in college, I mean, I started young. I was 23, 24 when I started. This is, I'm going into my 11th year. We played some bad team and my, my center backs were horrible at that game. At halftime, I had a little shed right next to the field. I walk out, I take the dummies out. I put the dummies on the field. So my f- flat back four, dummies, and I'm like, you guys aren't playing. I'm like, I'll just leave those dummies during the game, second half, and they're going to play.
0: Oh my
1: and they're sitting there. I'm like, the game's about to start again. Like, the ref's looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to start these guys. I'm like, they're doing a way better job than these these guys. Like, they're basically cones today. <laughs> I let it go till I like about, like, 40 seconds left before halftime's over. I'm like, all right, go take those out and go back on the field. But they're just sitting there like, what what, what the hell is code you doing?
0: they never experienced that before
1: no i'm like it's kind of like brett brett hall thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) some of those kids can't they can't take brett or i mean i've i've calmed down a lot just because you can't yell at these guys like you could yell at some guys like i have a lot of polish kids and mexican kids you could yell at those guys because they're used to it at home the american kids that come from like nice families you yell at them, like, coach is picking on me. Like, he I'm like, if I didn't like you, you wouldn't be here. Simple as that. I'm like, if I didn't pick on you or yell at you, that means you're sitting all the way down the end of the bench and I'm not really concerned about you. So th- those kids yeah. don't get it these days.
0: Yeah, players, especially nowadays, seem to don't understand that if a coach is you know, spending the energy to correct something of yours, you know, regardless of if he's yelling or talking, it's because he wants you to succeed and he knows you have more in you. You know, you don't. Yeah. a coach doesn't yell at a kid that you know is trying their best and doing their best yeah. because you can't do any better.
1: No, and then, and it's, it's only getting worse, like, the competitive standpoint of it. I can't, like, I'm a competitive person, so I don't care if we're doing a shooting drill or just sprints. I'm racing somebody. I'm keeping score the whole time. And there's so many times where we'll scrimmage, like, five on five or whatever it is, and I'm like, what's the score? Oh, I don't know. I think it's 3-1. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know what the score is? I'm like, I got to make you guys run if you lose. That's the only way you- you're going to get these guys to compete. There's kids that really compete, and there's kids that just don't care. And that's how they grow up now. Yeah. I walked into a YMCA a couple years ago, and they had win, almost win, and tie. No losses. And I couldn't believe it.
0: <laughs> what?
1: Like, yeah. And then, like, <laughs> I had to look twice. I-, I have it saved. I posted it. I'm like, there's no way you're going to. Grow soccer in this country. If you're doing almost wins, if my kid came home and go, I'm like, "How you do?" Oh, we almost won. You lost? No, no, we almost won. No, you're <laughs> you lost.
0: <laughs> oh my it's, goodness! It's unbelievable. you will have to send me that. I want to see that. Oh. But, wow. but it's
1: like YMCA. Uh, they're they're doing like every player has to play at the same amount of time and all that. Like that's not gonna grow. And and that's and that's what you get. You get kids in college. You're like, well, I went to practice all week. Why am I not playing? I'm like, well. Thanks for showing up, but you're not good enough. Like, you got to work, actually, to get on the field.
0: Yeah. I, I, I like to tell players, like, coming to training gives you the right to be on the team. Yeah. Stepping on the field is completely different than that.
1: No, it's, it's two they, different they, things. But this is, this is the thing with college kids now. So, in high school, you play against freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors, right? So, they're usually the superstars of their team. Because they're killing everybody. And then they get to college, and you have twenty-five superstars from different teams, and they think just because they were good in high school, they they should be playing, and and which is probably a hard transition, especially for me, because I have all freshmen and sophomores. Mm-hmm. So, I play a lot of freshmen. Doesn't matter if you're a sophomore. In a four-year school, it's different because you you recruit what six people a year, maybe right. six, seven, yeah, and then the freshman. But if unless you're a really good freshman, you're Either red shirted or you're getting a little bit of playing time. These kids go in right away. And that's what a lot of those kids understand. what where they pick four year schools, like they'll go to a Division three school over a junior college because they think it's all oh, junior college, you, you failed. No, the top, divi- like, top junior colleges or better than some D1 schools. Like, yeah, we, yeah, we play this. We, yeah, we play a team from Richland, Texas, which that's where Dallas Cup is at. It's all foreigners they're all Brazilians, Colombians, and they're good i I can I have to beat them to get get into the elite eight. I think we beat them one time in penalties, and it, that's because it was snowing outside <laughs> Cause they they other, other than that I think three years ago we were number five in the country they were number one they won the last five national championships we got smoked seven Sheesh. and it was it was I was missing five guys, but still like even if I had all my guys it's they're just above those i mean i have 18 19 year olds they had a bunch of 22 23 year olds are trying to get into nia schools because that's how they do they come in to play junior college and they move up after a year or two to a four-year school that's that's their pet to get in there i got but, you but it's not even fair
0: yeah yeah that's tough uh so back to your career a little bit you were playing starring at taft high school represent shout out to uh, um what what uh talk about the process of getting to university for you? What was that
1: like? I took probably a little different process because I wasn't really thinking about college. You know, every kid's like, oh, "I'm going, I'm going pro." My dad's going to send me to Poland and play pro. So I didn't really do the recruiting part. My grades weren't that good. my My grades were good probably till like mid junior year, and that's when you start hanging out with your friends. Not really, because I mean, I played on my men's team. I played on Eagles men's team all my since I was 15. Then I joined soccer. So my junior year I messed up my knee. So that's when the recruiting process happens for D1 mm-hmm. schools. I was on a pretty good soccer team. We won nationals at U19. So like we were always the we were always a team that made it far but never won anything. <laughs> like we we were good. But the whole recruiting process I was gone for it. I was I was a knee injury, so all my guys went D- D1. Every, I think every single player that I've played with on that team won Division One. Wow. other than me. I won Division Three. I was supposed to go to the University of Chicago. The coach got fired right before, I think, summer started. Oh, so wow. the assistant ended up going to the college I went to, Dominican, and he's like, what well, the guy was a Trask that came in. He's at Wisconsin right now. He brought yeah. his own goalies in. He brought his own recruiting class in. And he brought in uh, Jovan, and Jovan was the national team goalie for Serbia. So I'm like, he's like, you're not gonna play. You have no chance. So you might as well just go here for a year and then transfer out. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to Dominican. Jovan ended up torn his ACL in in preseason. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I don't I don't regret it. I mean, I went to a Division three school, but we were nationally ranked every year. We have the longest uh, conference winning streak in the country for NCAA. I think it was 150 games i mean i lost eight games in four years
0: yeah i mean you guys won your conference and your conference tournament every year you were there yeah it's straight powerhouse
1: my my first my first college game was 14-0 to our rival down the street Concordia. uh and i'm like you got to be kidding me i'm like this is how college is going to (laughs) be honest uh honest, honest broke, honest the, broke streak. the streak he broke the streak i oh. he sent me a snap he sent me a snap right when it happened i'm like and it happened at home and i literally texted some of the kids i still and you on the team i'm like really i'm like you're gonna let honest break it out of all the people <laughs> <laughs> I'm like worked so hard for this and honest did oh, it
0: dragon rights from honest. <laughs> no but guys, we,
1: we were good i mean we played national tournament every year i mean i could have yeah i could have we could have transferred i could have transferred out Went to some bad D one school and struggled over there, or played four years at a school that's gonna compete for a national championship every year. So that was my thought about it. So I ended up staying. We had one of the best grass fields in the in the city. So like that was a selling point of it. Plus it was a good school. Mm-hmm. Plus you get you get into a school, you make friends. The coach basically ran it like a D one school. We had everything. He was athletic director, so we we were the main sport on campus. We got everything we wanted. Oh, yeah. Teachers, everything. Like, you got away with stuff that you normally wouldn't, like, probably probably close to, like, football players and basketball players at the one schools. We got away with a lot. Like, I would go to class, people but like, the teacher would be like, we have a game today? I'll just put your head down. <laughs> no, but we, we were good. I mean, I, I enjoyed my four years. We, I mean, we made it to the Elite Eight, lost to a team we probably shouldn't have lost. I think our coach and everybody got a little bit too cocky. We played a sweet 16 game against the hardest team beat them in pks and nobody even stayed to watch the other games because we're like oh we're gonna win then it was we played at case western in ohio it was snowing outside it was on turf so the ball was slick the first goal we let in we put the smallest guy in the wall for whatever reason we did that guy shot the free kick hit him in the head went other side
0: oh no
1: Yeah. It was, it was, it was brutal. Uh, It was, it still hunts.
0: Yeah. But but every year. Yeah. It
1: was, it was, it was rough. It was a rough bus ride back because our coach was already booking tickets to the final four in Florida. So.
0: (laughs) Brutal. Um, at what point in college, uh, was, was it in college that professional soccer switched from being, you know, just a, a dream to actually, uh, this is a goal that I can attain. Uh,
1: I mean, I've always wanted to, but like a junior year, I ended up going to Poland for a little bit and France, trying out a couple of teams. And then I was about to stay in France. I was a little bit homesick. I'm like, I just want to, I have one more year of school left. I talked to my parents. I'm like, I'm going to go back finish school and then go back to Europe. So that was my thinking behind it. My dad always wanted me to finish school just because of how his career went. He's like, yeah. You could you could always go back and play which i probably regret not staying but you 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 know how it is you, you need a little bit of luck to go and play pro soccer yeah and that's yeah. what people don't don't really understand you could you've you've seen a million good players yeah you've played with in the area over here and they don't they don't make it but a lot of it is just you got to put in the work in the beginning of it because you're not going to get paid not you know you're, you're not getting paid right? yeah. you're get, you're ba- barely surviving your parents still got to send you money like you got to put in the work before you actually make money that you can live off of
0: yeah yeah people are always like oh i i was good enough to play professional i'm like listen the skill is every, there's a million people at the yeah, skill. that's that's not and, the and, and
1: a lot of it is just mental because i mean i've watched games with people and like oh i used to play with this guy and he wasn't that good i'm like well, he's playing there because he does what he's supposed to do well. I'm like, he's like, well, he didn't really like, he just wins the ball and plays it off. I'm like, well, that's what the coach wants him to do. And that's what he does. And that's why he's there. Because, yeah, you want to go in and dribble guys and make beautiful passes and all that. But, like, unless you're doing what the coach is telling you to do, you're you're not playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah, what a lot of those guys are. I'm like, and it, now it's like when I coach, I tell my guys, I'm like, I don't like when you come on off the bench. I don't need you to wow me. I don't need you to come in off the bench and try to do something extra. I'm like, I need you to come in, keep the level that I want you to do and do your do your job. And that's a lot of those kids go in and they're like, they're going to try to dribble three guys because they're trying to show off for whatever minutes they have. And that's, I mean, that's the difference. And then plus it's the mental part. Like you're, you're going to have days that's not going your way at all. And you could either, oh man, like make excuses. Oh, it's because of this, this, this and that. Like, it's not my fault. Like, it was bad luck, or you could be like, man, I gotta work harder and gotta toughen up mentally because you gotta recover, right? away. you have a bad day. If you have a couple of bad days, you might not be there for a long time.
0: Yeah, very true. Very true. So
1: a lot of it is mental, especially yeah. for a goal a goalie. You're you're gonna have some really bad days.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys, I mean, in in most games, it's it's more mental than the physical, I would say. Obviously, training, yeah. you guys train crazy physical, and, but in yeah, the game, and,
1: and yeah, and this is the thing because playing goalie outdoor may be a little easier but it's not because you finish the game you're tired and everyone's like oh you didn't run you or would you go get the ball from behind the goal a couple of times like you're focused the whole time you're mentally draining yeah, yeah your
0: brain is just pride
1: yeah because you're reading the game the whole time you're like as a forward you miss you put your head down you kind of walk back you kind of have a couple seconds to rest as a goalie yeah, you're kind of resting the back when the ball's on the other side of the field, but you're focused all the time. You're setting up your defense. You're basically reading what's going to happen next. So you're mentally drained by the end of the game. So like yeah. a lot of people, unless you played, you don't really get it because you know, so many times, like, oh no, I just want to lay down. I'm tired. What? What are you tired from? You play. You play goalie. Like, and the is even worse because there's zero seconds to rest. Cause yeah, you don't even
0: get that. You're all focused the all the time. You're getting. You're getting blasted
1: away. with forty shots
0: yeah yeah no that's a whole nother ball game um talk me through how does it go from you're playing uh you graduate and then how does indoor professional soccer become the thing did you, so did you I, ever uh, play before that or how, I mean, how in the world did indoor
1: indoor was basically like playing at odium and playing around the leagues over here because i mean indoor is big in chicago since we have basically five months of winter so it's always cold so I mean, I've always, since I was little, i like playing indoor. I always go with my feet. So as an indoor goalie, you're involved the whole time. And plus, outdoor, you get three, four shots a game if if you're playing on good teams. And I've always played on good teams, so I've always had to make one or two saves a game. So, like, that's the bad part about playing on a good team. Bad teams, you're getting blessed with the ball maybe yeah, ten practice. times a game. It, yeah, you're, you're shooting practice for you. And you don't, don't really know. care if you let goals in because you're getting you're getting your work in. But like as outdoor goalie on a good team, you you have to make one or two saves. But those saves are usually big, so you you gotta you gotta teach yourself how to stay focused the whole time in the game because you you might see the ball. I've played games where I made one save and took only like two goal kicks the whole time. So, but the one save you made could have made a difference. So, because I've always played on teams where we had a million chances and only scored one or two goals. So, <laughs> those our forward those,
0: those are fun as a goalie
1: yeah and it's like you're struggling because you're standing goal you're like it's gonna come back because we're missing so many chances and like the soccer saying like you, it's always gonna come it back always comes back and it's and it's true <laughs> no but like we i played indoor the whole time and then my first lick of professional indoor soccer i was actually working full-time where i'm like let's let's try this full-time stuff i got a call from rockford rampage there, uh, there was a pro indoor team here in Rockford, but they practice in Chicago. Their goalie went down and they needed a goalie for practice. So I would go every day to practice over there and then go to work. And that was my first lick of it. But it's the, the, the soccer, the indoor soccer you play at the Odium and it's completely different than the pro indoor soccer just by it's all patterns. It's like hockey. Like mm-hmm. you think it's all, it's five on five. You just hit the ball off the boards. No, it's, Basically, routes, patterns, you play everything almost by memory, and you have to be in those spots. Plus, it's a little harder for a goalie because a lot of guys, a lot of people don't know this, but the goalies only have five seconds on the ball. So if you catch it, it starts counting, you put it down, it's still five seconds. They play it back to you to your feet. You have five seconds. The last two years, they changed it to four seconds because they want to speed it up. But you're involved a lot. And then anytime you kick the ball out of bounds from behind the yellow lines, because you have three lines, mm-hmm. it's a top of a arc restart. So, it's basically almost like a PK. Yeah. So like uh, indoor soccer is a lot of set pieces because you have corners, and that like you can't give that up. So you you get the ball at your feet. There's a lot of pressure on you, and then you always have guys that press you because you have four seconds. You get the ball down. You can't you can't you can't keep your head down. You get it there's a guy coming at you right away just to pressure you so you kick it out of bounds. So there's, there's so much to learn about it. It's like, it's like every other sport. You, you watch baseball, you're like, oh, it's just 11 guys on there. You hit the ball, and that's it. No, you have to learn about the shifts and everything. It's, every, every sport has their own things. It's like normal soccer. Oh, it's 11 on 11. What's How hard is it? You kick the ball into the net. No, there's formations. There's, there's, there's a million stuff that go into it. Because if it was that easy, everybody would do it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, I remember uh, Chicago Mustangs asked me to come out back in the day. Um, and I went to a training and we spent an hour just like practicing where to hit it off the wall for it to oh, yeah. hit a certain spot to come back for the second guy running on. Yeah. And I I, had, I mean, the only indoor I played really was like Bridges Indoor, which is an indoor yeah. all So I was like, yeah, you're playing with big on? goals. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, like, the the boards, the boards do come in handy because, I mean, a lot of good teams in indoor, they hit the boards and the guy comes in. But if you're not a good indoor defender, that guy's coming right. He passes the ball. He's coming right for that shot off the boards. And you look, he's already gone. Mm-hmm. And he's scoring. So, like, indoor, you you're allowed – it's more physical. You get allowed the little bump. So, a guy passes the ball, you're allowed to bump him just to turn, like – so he doesn't have the easy run in. So there's a lot to it, but like we have a lot of futsal guys that go into it. and the first 2 years, futsal's they're unbelievable on the ball, but defensively they struggle cuz it's not a lot of contact. So like the best teams in the league like the M- Milwaukee, Baltimore, even San Diego, they they use the boards a lot. And you're getting a shot from 3 yards away. Like you could dive, but my first first game when I made it to Seattle, we played, which I don't know why the league did that. We were a brand new team, and they gave us San Diego Soccer, which they oh were like 19-time champs. And I'm just thinking about, it, I'm like, if you're putting a brand new team in the league, why wouldn't you give them the easy game so you don't get killed the first game? So when you're, and it was a home game, so your fans actually enjoy it. And mm-hmm. then we lost. What was it? 15, I think 15 to like five. Oh, we got absolutely destroyed.
0: May, that's making an impact, but not the uh, yeah, not that, the guy you
1: want. Yeah, and then we were we were the impact. That, that year, that year was brutal. We yeah. didn't play. We didn't play any defense.
0: That was, like that was like right before we went uh, together to Canada for uh, that soccer, the, the, the Croatian soccer tournament. The Croatian tournament,
1: we let in one goal the whole tournament. We lost in the final.
0: Oh my goodness! I'm still salty about that.
1: That was, and I, and it was Taylor Bond that scored that goal. Yeah, that's, and, really and well he heard. still, he still brings it up. He goes, remember when I jumped over everybody and headed it in? I'm like, yeah, I remember that. That's why I had to switch to the dark side and went to the tournament with them. So I finally won it.
0: <laughs> you, you're on to something there. Yeah. They all like <laughs> roll up fresh on the finals. and we've all oh. just been playing game after game after game.
1: That was, it was fun though. <laughs> fun experience. It was, it was a good time.
0: Um, uh, you played you played all over indoor and i think a lot of indoor players it seems like teams are bouncing players around um a lot was that was that challenging as a goalie because you're you know you're finding new teams you're in a new environment every coach has a little bit different style of play uh how how did you kind of deal with all of that it's,
1: it's not easy cuz you're always playing with new defenders you're offensively it wasn't bad cuz you could rely on my feet, but just getting, to, just getting to know the guys and, like, a lot of the movement in the league is because the contracts are so low that you're going to go – like, there's basically – other than a couple of teams, you, you don't, don't really have loyalty to a club, which kind of sucks because you're – it's a job at the end of the day and you're trying to make the most money you could get. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I started in Seattle, left because of different reasons. I mean, <laughs> the owner – the owner is doing some pretty heavy time right now i mean we you know gordy it was me gordy it was a bunch of a couple of scout guys we went there it was it was fun in the beginning because we we had a pretty good group of guys then the whole rape allegations came out we had i think we had like 2500 people the first game which wasn't a lot but it was it was good for the team that we like for starting out team yeah and then the whole rape allegations came out. Half the team quit because there were a bunch of local, local guys. They basically tried to get us to quit so they could take over. So knowing us, Gordy, we've just flew in a bunch of guys from Chicago because not one player in the Chicago, I mean, uh, Seattle area would play. Like, it doesn't matter what money you gave them. They, they just protested this guy, and they nobody – like, we were calling guys. Like, you want to – like, guys that we cut in preseason – like you want to play it now like they were making their pact and it was funny because after the first game those guys still played they came up to me out of all the people and they're like well you're pretty good we want you to stay with us this is what we're gonna do we're gonna sign a letter to get this guy out and force him out through the league that you won't have players to play and I was like listen I'm like it's cool that you guys came up to me but I'm friends with Gordy I'm friends with all the guys I, I can't do that. Plus, the guy's paying for my living. He pay, I'm like, I'm not going to – what am I going to do? Just say no and go home till you guys win this case? I'm like, I, I can't do that. So, I, obviously, I told Gordy and those guys, and it was like a war between us and them. So, I we Jeez. flew a bunch of guys in, which sucked cause we had about maybe nine, ten guys there, and then the rest of the guys, the rest, five, six guys, we flew in every game. So, practices weren't as good. Like, and it got, it got better. I mean, at at some point we're three and two, I think. So we're like, okay, this is, this is working, but the the longer the season goes, like you, you, it catches up to you that you're not practicing. You're not on the same page. And plus the guy wanted to be owner head coach player, not going to work too many roles. Yeah. So he basically, we didn't, and that was me going from Rockford and knowing how indoor soccer is played. To going there, we basically, it was like playing at the odium. It was no patterns, nothing. like We were good going forward. We didn't play any defense. So we would score a lot of goals, but we let in a lot of goals. But I'm like, I'm getting blasted with the ball 40 times a game. There was one game, I think we played at Turlock. I had 35 saves. Oh, wow. And we lost the game. I'm like, 35 saves? I had more saves in one game than I did all my senior year in college. So I'm like, and we lost the game. But and then it got so bad, we would get like 50 people at a game. So, like, it would be a random group of girls that were coming to watch guys play. Yeah. And that's basically what that's it was. It. It's like, these girls are with you, these girls are with me. Like, it, that's how it was. Oh,
0: my and goodness.
1: We, they did everything. They did like dollar beers. You had your loyal fans. You have probably like 10 fans that loved it anyways and came anyways. But, I mean, I've played in front of more people at the podium than that year so we yeah. it, w- it was fun going on the road because it's you played fun. against yeah so there was actually fans like other than that like man it was quiet we lined up to come out of the tunnel and we're like it's still early people people were coming and it's like it started like me going from rockford and knowing how indoor soccer is played to going there we basically it was like playing at the odium. it was no patterns nothing like we were good going forward we didn't play any defense So we would score a lot of goals, but we let in a lot of goals, but I'm like, I'm getting blasted with the ball 40 times a game. There was one game. I think we played at Turlock. I had 35 saves and we lost the game. I'm like 35 saves. I had more saves in one game than I did all my senior year in college. So I'm like, and we lost the game, but, and then it got so bad. We would get like 50 people at a game. So like, it would be a random group of girls that were coming to watch guys play, Yeah. And that's basically what that's it was. It. It's like these girls are with you, these girls are with me. Like it, that's how it was. Oh my and goodness! We, they did everything. They did like dollar beers. You had your loyal fans. You had probably like ten fans that loved it anyways and came anyways. But I mean, I played in front of more people at the podium than that year. So we, yeah. it would, it was fun going on the road because you played against. Fun. Yeah. So there was actually fans. I. Other than that, like, man, it was quiet. We lined up to come out of the tunnel and we're like, it's still early. People people come and it's like, it started like two and a half thousand and then it was like 600, 500, 200, and then it was like 50, 50. It was probably m- more people working in an arena than going to games.
0: Which you, can, uh, you can't last long. Can no, you and it's, you. The,
1: the guy had money and it was more like a pride thing for him. And he's like, no, I'm not selling it. And then I think it was 12 games into the season, we went to Sacramento and we lost to a team that we shouldn't have lost. And his wife basically pulled the plug on it. She's like, listen, I'm, this This is over. Just sell it. So he sold the team. I got traded. Me and four other guys got traded to uh, LA, basically Ontario. Mm-hmm. Gordy got traded to uh, St. Louis where he cried about it. This is how I found out. I woke up and Gordy's next door crying. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, he traded me, and he's like, I wanted to have my pick where I wanted to go. I'm not, I'm not going to St. Louis. They're not good. Like he wanted to go to San Diego. And but that's how we found out. And then ended up going to Ontario. But it was more of a they were making a run. They traded for like 12 guys right before the season it was over, halfway through. And they made a playoff push. I needed to be there just because they need two goalies. You, you need two goalies in those. Yeah. Need, they needed two goalies in the roster for playoffs, so I played a couple games in the, earlier in the season with. Or oh, once I got traded, it was like we split time. But the goalie's been there for a while, so it was gonna be hard to get, beat him out. I put in my work. I could, like I said, I could have been like, screw this. I'm gonna go home. I'm not playing. So I, I did my time. I think I settled for like four or five games. The last game in the season was against San Diego in San Diego, and. Goalie and the coach got in the fight, so I started that game. Played probably one of my best games ever. We lost three-two in San Diego, but I had an unbelievable game. Better and then than the had, first
0: game against them for you. Uh,
1: my my last game in Seattle against them was seventeen to ten. So <laughs> I've tried letting in seventeen goals, and actually, and then you, and then the, this is the worst part: you let in seventeen goals. You go to the locker room after the game, and you're like, man, I actually had a pretty good game. <laughs> I made i made some nice saves because like a lot of those goals that were let in like this is what indoor soccer is it's off the boards but nobody will shoot in your post on you yeah so you're standing there a lot of it is just a pass far post for a guy standing there for a tap-in so there's nothing you could do about it right it's like and it and it sucks because you have you have guys that go into the league or i never understood that when guys blast the ball at a goalie from a zero angle near post i'm like listen at at this level you're not scoring your post unless you roof it or the goalie screws up so that's a really low percentage shot so in indoor soccer everything's far post for tapping and these guys just on patterns are always there yeah but Straight yeah I, but yeah i mean i i Straight got to down. start in the playoffs after that game so lucky i mean this is the thing you you put in your time, you sit, you come to practice, you work your butt off every time, and then you get, finally get your chance, you take it. And then I got lucky, I started a playoff game. We lost, I think it was six, five to uh, Vegas, but I mean, I played well. I mean, that was, it was a good experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like the second you get playoff experience and do well, that opens new doors and yeah. opportunities I mean, you, to get signed. This
1: is, this is the thing, like it's it's hard getting into the league Cause you kind of need luck, and once once you're in there, it's a lot easier to get another team. Cause most of those teams look for guys that already played on other teams, cause they already know how the league is run, how to play indoor. Cause even even outdoor, yeah, you could go to like my my college. Cause me like, can I go to those open trials? Open, uh, open tryouts are a moneymaker. Like mm-hmm. if one guy gets signed in a couple years, that's that's lucky. Cause most coaches don't even go to those tryouts. They'll they'll stand there for a couple of minutes and walk away. Like it, it, it's different. Yeah, hundred percent. But after Ontario, I mean, I wanted to go back to Ontario. That guy waited and waited and waited, and it's getting to August. I'm like, well, I don't, st- I still don't have a team. So I'm like talking to Gordy. Gordy was in St. Louis. I went to tryouts in St. Louis. Ended up calling the guy. I'm like, listen. I'm like, I have to know if you're going to sign sign me, or I'm going to have to look for another spot. I'm like, St. Louis is asking. He goes, give me a week. Gave him a week, no call. I'm like, I just ended up signing in St. Louis. Closer to home. Like, it's a it's a great place to play at. Yeah. They have even though they weren't good, but they average a huge amount of fans. Like they used to be good back in the day. Used to average like what fifteen thousand people, like when indoor soccer was huge.
0: That's unreal.
1: So I signed there. And then right before season start, they, uh, Rochester folded and they signed a goalie from Rochester, uh, a Brazilian guy played big time in Brazil, really cool guy. Unbelievable. He was, he was a little, I think he was close to his forties, but the guy was unbelievable. And you could see like fit worked hard at practices. Just wasn't really good with his feet. Yeah. But I signed a per game contract and he Uh signed. Yeah, the worst. I was basically, I either take this or I'm not playing this year. So I basically jumped the gun and signed it. I was guaranteed that I was going to get paid even if I don't play. So I'm like, it's a per-game contract, but you're still getting paid. So, But it wasn't a lot. Yeah. So, but they're like, it's St. Louis. We're going to get you coaching. It's free living, free food. So I'm like, you're not spending any money. So ended up coming. He was on salary, so he was playing the first 10 games. He played every game. I, even though I was killing at practices because he wasn't really good with his feet. We're all one ten, and I'm killing at every practice and I'm not playing. And that, it came how down difficult to the, is that. It was, it. it was really difficult. I mean, that was probably the closest I ever came to quitting. Cause if, if the guys bet like so much better than you and you're winning, you got to keep your mouth shut and keep working yeah but if you're 0 and 10 and you're not getting a lick of playing time it's it's kind of hard to play it's kind of hard to wake yeah. up and we practice at six in the morning it's hard to waking up every morning and trying that practices so i think we were oh and nine or oh and ten and they switched uh coaches so i finally got my right before they switched coaches i finally got my first game against Seattle, the team that uh took over. So they now they're Tacoma Tacoma stars. Yeah. Lost in overtime, but I played well. Then uh the new coach came in. His first game was in Kansas City. It was first time I mean second best game I ever played. It was their it was our first one of the season. It was the first time they ever beat Kansas City in Kansas City. I played awesome and I think I got honorable mention for team of the week. And then next game we go to Milwaukee and I kind of sensed it before we got there. The co- I go in the locker room and he's starting. So I'm like pissed off, confused. And the, the coach is, uh was Tony Glovin, which is like a little Irish guy. Great player. Once he coaches a PDL team in St. Louis,
0: okay.
1: like old school guy and takes me outside and we're talking. He's like, how you feeling? I'm like, confused pissed off he goes i know i know he's like you played great last game i'm like that's exactly why i'm confused and he's like listen i have two goalies both of you guys have to play and which was bs it was you're on seller, you have to play yeah so we lost the game next game we play i win next game he plays we lose so like i had four wins he had zero and we were still switching time so I'm like, whatever, at this point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. But right before all this happened, so Las Vegas reached out to trade for me right before my first game. And it was right before Christmas, and they were in the playoffs. I think Nestor played for them. you yeah. played with Nestor. Yeah. So they hit me up, and they're like, their goalie got hurt in the beginning of the season, broke his hand, so he was out. So they played a backup. They were really good. That's the team that beat us in the playoffs the year before. So they had a really good team. They had a rookie goalie playing. So going to the playoffs, you're not going to win with that. And they were just winning games despite having a goalie. So I made a agreement with the guy. He's like, listen, it's Christmas. I don't want to move you during Christmas. So let's just wait two more weeks. He goes, I'm definitely trading for you. We'll wait till after Christmas after you go home and for the playoffs. So I'm like, I agree to it. And then I started playing games in St. Louis. So I'm like, listen, Vegas, I could get in trouble. I, I like to play cards. I, I don't know if this is the best place for me.
0: Are you trying to say St. Louis and Vegas are different?
1: <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> well, in Vegas, they practiced at night. They practice at 10 o'clock at night. So you have the whole oh day to yourself. God. That's
0: so dangerous.
1: Plus Vegas doesn't really start till after midnight anyway. So these guys necessarily like, listen, we practice till like 1130 midnight and then we're out partying the whole night and then sleep the whole day. I'm like, it's a dangerous lifestyle.
0: Yeah. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. So I'm to be like, good at, at soccer.
1: yeah. And it's like, you're not, you're not working. So you work two hours a day. So you're like, no, that, he called me and I'm like, listen, I'm like, I would love to, but I'm like, I think I'm just going to stick it out here. I'm like, I'm actually getting playing time. Like, Plus, they weren't really getting a lot of fans. And we were getting three, 4,000 people a game. Like, it was just a different atmosphere here and there. Even though we, were, we had one or two wins at that time, I'm like, it's turning around. Plus, a new coach came in. And I'm like, I'm just going to stick it out. So, finished the season, I think we finished with five or six wins. And the owner from the team formed the team in Florida, in Lakeland. Mm-hmm. So after the season was over, he's like, listen, I'm, I want you and two other guys to go with me. And I was on the bad contract. And he's like, listen, you could stay here and keep the contract or you could come here. And I'm going to, he, you raised it up a lot. So I'm like, listen, St. Louis, Florida, staying in St. Louis for a little money, going to Florida, living in sunshine for Contracts. a lot more money. Contracts. So I'm like, there wasn't even, it's, wasn't a, I didn't think about it. I was like, dude, when do I move to Florida?
0: And Lakeland has the good old famous strawberry festival. So oh, that's, yeah. that's an added bonus. <laughs> and that's, it was
1: an hour away from Clearwater. So yeah. we would, we would practice, I think it was nine to 11 done by noon and then go to the beach. Like that that's living the life right and there. Not a
0: bad life. <laughs>
1: You you wake up in the morning. It's sixty seven degrees during the winter. Mm-hmm. Like the and the the thing is, we had when I went to Lakeland, brand new team. So you have to basically build up the fan base and everything. So it was cool because all the fans that you get are basically brand new fans. So they because if you go to St. Louis, they 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 still got their old school fans. They they like the guy, the local guys. So you're like I was treated really well, and even though I wasn't playing, I was treated well in St. Louis. But you're going in and you're starting the fan base. So you're you're getting your loyal fans from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was fun to build that up. Plus, it was different because they hired a GM that worked for uh, Orlando City. And he's like, oh, we're going to sell this place out. And we're going to have five, 6,000 people a game. So I was sold on that. Didn't happen. We still had pretty good crowds. Yeah. But I think Lakeland, Florida in general is really hard to bring fans in, especially because you have nice weather. It's Plus, hard you're when it's playing. Nice weather. There's a lot of other things yeah. to do. I mean, you're playing. You're playing I Friday, Florida,
0: Saturday. Yeah, I live in Florida in the off season, and like, I'm a big Miami Heat basketball fan. Even when LeBron James is there, like, yeah. First, first quarter, seats are empty, and they're go, yeah. you know fun for NBA championships. People, people got better things to do. in Florida.
1: Yeah, and and that was it. But well, we played on Fridays and Saturdays. Football, high school football's big in Florida. Like, do you think of Texas as being football town? No, Ray Lewis is is the one that came out of Lakeland. So I'm like, high school football is big over there, so people would go to there. So we would still average pretty good crowds, but you're not going to get the crowd you want just because there's so much to do. Plus, the traffic in Florida is unbelievable, especially on a Friday night. I mean, you're not going to come from Orlando because Disney traffic's bad. You're not going to come from Tampa because – traffic over there is bad. So you had the local people and there's only a certain amount of people that could come from, it. it's not a big town. So the owner thought he was going to get both, but we had, I mean, we started out, we, we almost made the playoffs. I think we won nine games that year. We, and the, the game that cost us the playoffs was a game against St. Louis and they only had one win and they beat us.
0: Oh Gosh.
1: So that was, that was kind of a payback because <laughs> it was the, the owner. It was me, the owner, Freddie Mujin, and the, uh, Anthony Rico, and then oh, we, we heard it the whole game. It was you it was a traitor all guys. that. Yeah, it was at St. Louis. Uh, <sighs> we got just the stuff I heard from behind the goal. It was you traitor. You should have stayed. Oh, man. You, you lost to a team with no wins. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the first year in Lakeland, we had an unbelievable team, but we only had about three, four guys that played indoor soccer before we had a lot of futsal guys, unbelievable with the ball, unbelievable players. We practiced outside because there was no indoor facility. So wow. the only time we would practice inside was if we had the arena, if the arena was available before games. So we practiced outside without boards. So you're getting eight or nine futsal guys that never played with boards and then you gotta, you're got you're going to practice outside without boards, so a lot of our mistakes happen defensively just because we didn't we, we didn't use the boards at all on offense yeah. and defensively we struggled with the balls off the boards Jeez. so that was that was and even like even though we did that i can 't believe we won nine games, and I mean we played some possession wise unbelievable it's just the defensive breakdowns that we had just because of the lack of boards.
0: That's, I mean, that's a pretty big uh, thing to not have that training and not yeah. have that
1: again. But th- this is the thing like, they say a rookie in indoor soccer, it takes about two, two and a half seasons to get it. So you're basically a rookie for almost two, two and a half years. You, we had nine rookies playing starting. So it, it was hard. We had, I'm, like I said, if you play a 4v2 at practice and you're inside, you're not getting out. Yeah. Like, these guys were all sick on the ball, but we struggled defensively. And I mean we lost a couple of games though we should have won. Our first game we played once again, brand new team. We played San Diego Sagars. They came in there, they're like, they came in really cocky. They're like, oh, this is this is a joke. I can't believe we gotta play you guys. They their coach actually said that to our coach. He goes, I can't believe they're making us play you guys. Like, this is a joke. They all went to the beach before. And we were down, I think, 5-1 or 4-1 half time. halftime, ended up winning 6-5. Scored a, we scored a goal like okay. 30 seconds before, and then last, second of the, like last three seconds of the game, it was a shot. It went off my fingers, hit the post, went out, and we won. Oh,
0: wow.
1: So it was, it was lucky, but we never gave up. That's, that's what it was. We, for our team, the problem was we would do good, and then it would be like four or five minutes of breakdown, and the teams would score two, three goals. And that's, It's hard to get out of that hole. Yeah, that's your and, team. and that's what it was. And then every time that happened, you're like, oh, man, it's happening again. Here we go. And then you kind of go down. But, yeah, so I played there for two years, second year. Second year was kind of the same thing. We got a couple new guys, but it was outdoor guys or guys that played USL, guys that played futsal. So it was the same thing, and we still practice outside. And I think the owner didn't really understand. We got a new owner. The, the guy from St. Louis got bought out. Uh, new guy came in and he was an outdoor guy he he literally told me before he's like he he coaches he's like he's a he's a heart surgeon so he's got a lot of money yeah. he, he did he he took over the team just because he wanted to run a team in that area because he grew up and i grew up there but he lived there for a long time he did like a community service he's like i want this team to be here for the community which was yeah. pretty cool but yeah. So he that's why you guys were the
0: sponsor, the health sponsor and all. Yeah, so. that's,
1: that's what Bond Clinic, he, was, he basically runs the Bond Clinic.
0: Okay. He's,
1: uh, he's the whole director of the whole, whole thing. Oh. So yeah, but he, he came to our house one time and we, we had a game where we played in Hares, no, we played Syracuse the night before. We played at 7 o'clock at night and it's a five, six hour drive to Baltimore. So we drove overnight to Baltimore, got in and we played at noon so and i ended up driving one of the vans oh my
0: god
1: so then we get blown out we win the game in uh syracuse and then we get blown out in baltimore and get he's blasted. like yeah yeah <laughs> they a lot of these get blasted over there the name the name says it all but he never understood it. he's like well he's like i'm spending more money on this team we should be winning i'm like we and then a couple weeks before we beat baltimore at home which was the first time ever, and they just came back off of a championship. So, and then he's, ma- he's mad that we only won by one goal. Like, his expectations for us were so high, unrealistic. Yeah, I'm like, listen, we practice outside. Like, we're, these guys practice indoor, plus Baltimore, and those, the top teams in the league, they have the core of guys for five, six, seven years, yeah. and they replace a guy or two, but they don't replace them with guys that don't know how to play indoor. But you could get away with replacing one or two guys now when you replace five, six guys and those guys are not indoor players. Yeah. So we got blasted and he he comes into our house and he's like, there's no excuse that you guys traveled and all that. I'm like, listen, I'm like, there's not even 24 hours between games. Plus you're traveling in vans. You're not, you're getting in to the hotel. So the game's over by 11. By the time you eat, leave it's midnight. You get in there at five, six o'clock, you sleep for a couple hours and you have a game. Like it's, you, you can't do that. There's I don't care how good you are, you're not going to no, perform it. Not that. as
0: adults, you're not doing that. Yeah,
1: I think, but I think we got – it might have been, like, 10-1. It, it was it was bad. There's probably, like, 40 seconds left, and Baltimore has the nicest cheerleaders. So he calls a timeout with about, like, a minute left. We're like, why is he calling a timeout? So we all get in the huddle, and we're like, what's up? And he's like, no. He's like, I have nothing to say to you guys. I just want to see the cheerleaders one more time.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness
1: no but we got back and the, the owner comes in and he runs the temp was the clearwater or tampa bay kickers which is one of like i guess a really good amateur team they play nationals all the time and he goes yeah and winning an indoor championship would be nice but he goes i want to like my focus is on the in, i mean the outdoor team and i'm like when the owner says that to you, you're you like listen like you don't even know what you're talking about now <laughs> like you run a pro team and you're more concerned about your amateur team. Like you don't really build confidence in your owner.
0: Yeah. That's not so uh, So, encouraging as a player. Yeah. I was like,
1: and then he's like, yeah, he's like, every team has to travel and all that. I'm like, yeah, but they're not getting in, in the the morning and playing. Like I've played some games there. I think earlier that season we played, it was a new year's game in Cedar Rapids against Gordy. We played in Kansas city the night before. And Kansas City's eight hours away from Cedar Rapids, so the game was over by eleven. Leave at midnight, get in at seven, eight o'clock in the morning, and we played at mid uh, at noon the next day, and we got blown out. And these guys are like, everybody does it. No, not everybody does it because most people fly. But you're, there's no way we would have got a flight out of Kansas City and got or yeah, and got there. So yeah. the, the scheduling, like, they're not, not many you, flights. Yeah, it, it's it's pro soccer but you're not really treated like a pro most of the time just because the travel alone is, is brutal.
0: Yeah. I and, think, especially with like the Friday, Saturday games and stuff and then playing, I days, mean, it just doesn't make sense.
1: I think it was the first year in in uh, Florida, we played Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we played seven o'clock, seven o'clock oh. and then, and then, and then three o'clock oh, my and we were in a playoff bush. We, we needed to win, one of the first two games against harrisburg because we played a back-to-back against harrisburg we needed to win one of those and then we lost both of them and then you go and play the third game in three like it's it's impossible you don't even get 24 hours between games and then you got to play three of them like yeah and what are you going to travel 20 guys and switch them off like it's the legs legs get heavy especially indoor because every it's not like normal indoor game at at the house league you're playing 60 minutes the clock stops every time the ball goes out of bounds. So you're playing le- legit 60 yeah. minutes and you're allowed to dress, I think it was 14 guys at a time. So you're dressing two lines, two subs and maybe a backup goalie. So it's not like you have three lines and it, it's, it's high pace. It's physical. It's, you don't really get a lot of time to rest. Like, yeah. Yeah, you, cause every, like when you played indoor, you probably stay on the field for like two, two and a half minutes. Right. And you subbed off. Some guys stay longer indoor soccer. You're, up, up and down, you're out. So you have guys playing fifty, sixty seconds, and then so you don't. You have sixty seconds off before you come in. Then you have power plays and all that stuff. So it's it's physical. I mean, me playing in goal, I get it takes me days to recover after games. Like you, sometimes you get you feel like you get hit by a truck.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure.
1: I brought in in Seattle. I brought in one of my buddies to play since we were flying guys in, and we only practice I think three times a week, and he goes man, what kind of pro team is this? You guys practice three times a week. I'm like, just just wait till you play your first game. So we played on a Saturday, and it was only one game. And he was my roommate. He was across the hall from me. So the game's over. Next next day, it's a Sunday, I, I walk in. I'm like, knock on his door. I'm like, how you feeling? He goes, dude, I can't move. He's like, you're just laying there crying like everything hurts. I'm like, there you go. Monday, I walk in. I'm like, how you feeling? He goes, I still can't move. I'm like, now you know why we practice only three times a week because we don't have enough bodies. Yeah. Because like, usually Mondays are recovery days. But, man, that was that was such a mess over there. We'd, we would go and play keep away and all that. Like, we didn't have enough guys. We would scrimmage five on five with no subs. So how good was that game? It was good for maybe yeah, 10 minutes. And then the level dropped off. So, but, yeah, no, it's, it's it definitely – it's definitely challenging on your body. Like it takes me about a good three months to recover after a season. Like hips, shoulders, everything.
0: Jeez. yeah, and that doesn't sound so fun, especially as a goalie. I think I saw you had like miss. I'm sure was is more now, but at that time you had over a thousand shots that you had saved. Which yeah,
1: and is... and the, the thing is those those stats like stats and in indoor are big for contracts, right? Mm-hmm. They it's all about goals, assists, saves, and stuff. When you go on the road, they don't really help you out with stats. Like, I've played games where I had probably 15 saves and they record five of them. And then just the whole hassle of like calling the league and like they want you to watch the game and send them in the times that you made the save and all that just to prove it. I'm like, I used to do it when I was younger. And like the last couple of years, I'm like, man, I don't even care about stats. Yeah. Well, like, you have a lot of guys that are selfish about stats in this league and it's for good reasons i mean you want a contract you're gonna right, yeah. want your goals and stuff so you have guys like with assist and they all they do is talk about it and the owners and coaches are like oh if i hear one more thing about stats oh if you didn't use stats to sign guys then guys wouldn't do that yeah i mean you got to use them
0: to pay the bills then you're going to hear yeah. about
1: it you're not gonna like i've seen guys where like right after games go to the stat guy like i had assist here here and here we just lost the game and that's all you're worried about. So it does get on your nerves, especially for me, since I'm a goalie. I really don't care about that. Yeah. It, but I, you, you get it when you really think about it. Yeah. Outdoor soccer, get away with it because it's different. Not, it's still not, you still count your goals and assists, but indoor it's, it's, it's different. Cause it's, you're, you're getting a lot of goals, a lot of assists. So you yeah. want all of them. You, can, and then you, you get disrespected as an
0: outdoor player without yeah, and any, there's a lot, any stats yeah. like that.
1: And there's a lot of times where a ball takes a deflection or something, and you're like, oh, man, that was off of my pass. Like, ongoing indoor goes to the player from the attacking team that touched it last. Oh. So, legit, I had an incident in that game in Cedar Rapids where I went wide, my defender got the ball wide, and didn't know I went wide, played the ball right into the goal. But so we touched the ball like five times before it went into the goal. So who touched it last? <laughs> so they gotta go and watch it. I think it was Gordy that actually got the goal because he was the last one to lose it. So yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Like, but indoor soccer, you're gonna. I've let in some really bad goals. Indoor soccer can make you look really bad as a goalie. Like I've had balls hit off the boards, hit you in the back, and go in. The worst goal I've ever let in was the ball's bouncing right in front of me and I call keep I'm going for it the guy tries to my defender tries to clear it hits me in the head goes in the goal
0: oh my goodness
1: like but it's all it's so fast it's yeah. it's impossible like yeah it's
0: like throwing a bouncy ball in a room and trying to figure out where it is yeah,
1: and then and then you go and then you go on twitter or facebook and then you read the comments like from fans that don't really understand the game and Oh, the goalie sucks, but I'm like, man, listen, that ball's going through about five, six guys. By the time you see it, it's in the net. It's
0: now like, it's like. There's one guy on Twitter that just. Oh. He just attacks you. He has oh, like a vendetta against yeah. you. It cracks me up. I always see it. I'm like. And it, going it got on? to the
1: point like the because the first year I went to uh, Orlando, the backstory behind it, I got hurt in the first game. I tore my hamstring the first game on the season. So I was out for a little, I was out for 12 months, I mean 12 weeks. Right, and came back way too early. So I didn't have the season I wanted to. But it was like the backup goalie came in, unbelievable shot stopper, wasn't good with his feet. But me going into Orlando was because they that's a team that moved from Cedar Rapids, was you're gonna have a competition to to who starts, which I wasn't really worried about it. So I beat him out in preseason, which we even had one of the best coaches in indoor at uh, preseason. It was uh, Tozer, which he's a futsal national team coach. He's a legend in indoor game. So I'm like, I won my spot fair and square. First game, lose the ball dribbling by the boards, try to chase the guy down, try to block it. And as I reached him to block it, tore my hamstring. Oh, gosh. Stupidity and yeah. So I was out. He played all right. We didn't have a good season. And it was like, Why, come back, we need you. Come back, we need you. So I'm like, okay. Came back way too early. I think I practiced for – after I for 12 weeks, I practiced maybe three days before I played that first game on the road in Utica. Played all right, and then it was just like "You when you don't have – and then we would split games. So that's the – as a coach owner that was doing all of it, doesn't understand that as a goalie you need confidence from your owner your coach that you're a starter because if you're switching time you're not playing as loose as you can yeah you're, you're not more you're worried not, about you're, making yeah. A mistake to lose. yeah, your yeah you're not you're not gambling play. you're not gambling on stuff that you usually would plus for the defenders it's if he played it was always if he played we would have won and then if he played and like if you played, we would have won so you find excuses for other people like oh man he would have saved it so like by the end of the season i didn't have a good season and it was just getting worse and worse so this guy on twitter he was a fan of the other guy so he would doesn't matter if i played well or not it was always something the first like the first year i would let it go and then the second year this uh, this this season i knew it was my last season so i'm like you know what man i'm not taking this So I started answering back and it just, it just went up and up and it got to the point where he tried to bait me into saying some stuff and I'm like, I'm not stupid. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I think I might've called him fat, but I, the worst part is like on his Twitter, you don't know who he is, but I've seen him so many times and I didn't know who it was when I first started talking to him. Yeah. So. I finally figured out who it was. And I'm like, this guy would like come and shake my hand, be all nice to me. And then on Twitter, just rip me. But then when you read through his Twitter, it basically, he's a big Orlando city fan. He rips everybody. It's one of those guys where you don't really have much power in your life. So you go on Twitter and you think you have the power to talk however you want to people, which you as, as a pro athlete, you shouldn't. And then this is what like gets me going. And as Hoffman is on here, which she got into trouble on Twitter the year before you, we don't get paid enough to take some of the stuff that we do. And it's, especially when you have family on social media and you, they see it. The only reason I responded to that guy, because my buddies were coming to the game. I think the week after that. And I'm like, listen, you better stop this because it's not like we're averaging a lot of people. They'll find you. And, I don't know what they're going to do to you, but you're going to, you're going to get it over there. So I'm like, and I, at first I was nice. I was like, well, what's the problem? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't think you understand the game. And then he just kept going. I'm like, especially never watched indoor soccer in your life. All of a sudden we have a brand new team there. And all of a sudden you're an indoor fan. Never you play, never played soccer. And then it's like, Oh, just cause I never played soccer. doesn't mean I don't have an opinion. Oh, you have your opinion. doesn't mean it's right. But I'm like, I, I let it go. He was like attacking me personally like I yeah. could I, I could get away with like oh the goalie sucks he let in the goal like that. whatever you know you hear it from everybody I'm harder on myself than anybody else yeah like even if you let it go and it's not your fault you're still thinking about what you could do to get better or well if you take a step here you would cover more ground it's like you're always thinking about it so I'm mm-hmm. like that never bothered me but when he's like starts talking real smack I'm like okay I'm not I'm almost done so I'm like, I'm not getting in trouble with the league. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to respond to this guy. And then just God, he didn't need it. Kind of stopped. It got to the point where I'm like, man, you're obsessed with me. Because it would be stuff from other people. And then he would comment, like, mention my name in it. I'm like.
0: It, it made for some interesting reading for me. While I went oh, to yeah. the bathroom or something. So I appreciate oh, yeah. that.
1: Everybody. I would get messages from people like, man, like, this is good. I'm like. And if, like, for anybody that really knows me, I'm really good at trash talking. And I'm like, it took everything for me to hold back on stuff that I was saying to this guy. I'm like, for one, I don't want to get in trouble. For two, I have a bunch of kids that follow me that I don't want them fo- like doing that. But it, especially like, especially now, he still yeah. he still does it. So I'm like, listen, I'm like, now we could go at it. Now I'm retired. We could go. <laughs> and then he stopped. So as soon as you attack him back, oh. he goes away. I'm like, I was bored one time and then he he wrote something so i started going at him and i'm like come on man you got to be better than that i'm like you got to come up with something creative like i've i i stand and goal. i've heard some really good stuff from people in the stands like man like one time kind of backfired on me i played we played in harrisburg three kids sitting behind the goal and just talking smack to me and like they're calling me butterfingers and all that i'm like because i had yellow gloves and I turn around, and I'm like, listen, man, you got to be creative. Be better than that. I'm like, if you're going to talk smack, talk smack. So we're losing, and you when you go six attacker, you take the goalie out. So they got me back. I I was standing on the bench. I guess they took a picture of me, tweeted at me, and like, finally found a good spot for you. So I tweeted back. And I'm like, that's pretty good. I'm like, I'll take it. I'm like, finally something creative. <laughs> but I'm like, the the stuff you hear from people – like, it's making fun of talking smack about your mom and all that. Like, it, it, you, it's one year out the other, but it's, like, fun hearing some of that stuff till it gets really personal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, but a it, difference between, like, fun joke and giving a hard time Then when it gets, like, just a personal attack. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't – it doesn't
1: affect – like, this is the thing. Like, it might affect some people. For me, when I get pissed off, I play better. So I'm like, go ahead, piss me off. I'm like, but I uh, mean, if my mom, like my mom came to a game a couple of times in Milwaukee and every time I go to Milwaukee, I get, we, we get our butts kicked. Yeah. And when they talk, my mom gets pissed off. I'm like, listen, I'm going to just let it go. I'm like, they're, they're really good. <laughs> like my last, my last game, when my retirement game was against Milwaukee. And oh, that's not good. Yeah, I mean, this season just started out bad. This was supposed to be my last year, and uh, played for what? We played four games, and the owner ran away with the money. So, four games into the season, the guy calls me. He's like, "Oh, I'm uh, I'm taking a leave for medical reasons," and then all the stuff comes out that ran out of money, gambling, and he's he's gone. Jeez. So the league. The league didn't want to fold the team because the schedule set up and everything. So the league took over the team and they put everybody on a per game contract, but it was like laughable bad. I'm like, listen, I can, I'm not putting my body through this for chop change. I'm like, I love, I love playing, but not that much. I'm like, I'm not. And I have had injuries the last three years. I'm like, I'm not going to do rehab and all that, like get hurt for, couple hundred bucks like that's that's a joke so i went back and my whole plan was not it wasn't supposed to be a retirement game but we had a double header in milwaukee end of the season and that was supposed to be like invite a bunch of friends and be my last game where people could watch me so the coach that took over really cool guy he uh he called me he's like man i don't know if you want to do it but like i'll let you play that one game and when I told people, like, listen, like, that team was bad. Like, it was a bunch of younger guys that probably wouldn't have got playing time normally. So, that was a good thing for them because if they get contracts out of this, it's, it's, it's good for them. Yeah. But the team, the team. I mean, they only practice, like, twice a week. It wasn't uh, – there's maybe one or two veterans, if that, because everybody, everybody that got traded or left. So, that team was not – really good group of guys that were – fought hard every game but it was just you're going to get beat by teams that are way more experienced than you and the talent-wise
0: yeah so that's tough
1: i i told people i'm like "Uh, i'm going to play in milwaukee and everybody like really i'm like you usually lose there normally like you're gonna go with this group of guys and that's gonna be your last game i'm like well i going into it i'm like i know my back's gonna be hurting from lifting the bottom and that but (laughs) i'm like i just won it was it was a game where I enjoyed it just cause I knew what I was getting myself into. Like I wasn't getting pissed off. I mean, still played my butt off, but, and they actually played well. I mean, the guys played really well. I'll, I'll give them that. I think our first half was really bad. I think we're up, I think we're down five, one at halftime, but third, went in third quarter, zero, zero. And then they piled it on at the end once we went forward, but I still, I got, I got it all out. Don't miss it. I'm like standing there and going like, definitely don't miss this. Yeah. But now, now that you're, now that you're done, you're like, man, maybe I do have a year or two left in me.
0: Yeah. Any, any regrets with the retirement? Any thoughts of continuing to try to play or?
1: You know what it is? During that game, I felt good. Like, and that was the first time in three years where I was like completely healthy playing. And I'm like, man, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I kind of missed this. I think I could do this for another couple of years. So, you never know, man.
0: Comeback season.
1: Milwaukee's really close to where I live. So, I could probably (laughs) – we'll see. I've always wanted to play in Milwaukee. So, maybe.
0: Now, uh, you're you're coaching now. You're coaching at Triton. Um, You're entering your 11th season there. Uh, I know, was it sometime in September last year you – overtook most wins in the, for the college all time. So obviously a lot of success there. Uh, it worked out that you could play indoor soccer with also yeah. coaching there with, you know, only missing maybe two weeks of spring season. Um, what are you What are you gonna do now if, if you don't have indoor during that winter time?
1: Well, my first thing is trying to get a job at the college, probably like a counselor job or something. So, but we'll, we'll see what actually happens with colleges now because they're yeah. thinking about going online or even get a get a real-time job, but I want to coach. So whatever whatever job I get is going to be through with the schedule that I could do this stuff. So I'm not going to take a full-time job and not coach. I mean, I think I've, I've put in enough work at trying that I want to keep it. And yeah. later on, move on to probably a four-year school. But, yeah. I mean, I took over after Tommy Choliva, and he built – the year i came in they got second in the nation they were five minutes away from winning nationals so he built it up and i just kept going with it it's the recruiting's really easy now like guys reach out to us plus like a lot of four-year school send guys that can get in there send guys to me so like
0: what was it like as a as a goalie um to then be a head coach and have to train and coach things that you know not that you don't know but yeah. things that you're not so used to as a player yourself then
1: i mean i've watched practices like you take something from every coach that i've had even like my college coach or the pro guys indoor like obviously i can use most of the drills from indoor but like most of the stuff like tech technically and all that like i take from other coaches you, you learn from every coach like Brad and all those guys you you take That's a little right. bit of stuff from every coach but, like, it was, it, take, it took a lot of, like, now you have so many things on YouTube, like practice and stuff. You could have a different practice every day. But for me as a goalie, you see the whole field. So, you, I, I think I could read the game really well. So, like, it's easier for me. I think it's easier for a goalie to go in and coach. Because if you're a really good player, you're not used to, like, teaching guys how to do stuff, you know? like that that's Your what they said like, great players. yeah great players don't make good coaches like m- most of the time because it comes naturally to you mm-hmm. you like that's why like all those Jose Mourinho those guys like they were probably weren't that good but they le- they learned everything from the basics but like I could read the game i mean i've had success but like i enjoy it like i enjoy learning you learn every year you it takes a lot of like prep work and stuff but like as far as reading the game and setting up the formation stuff, like, I lo- I love it. It's it's always a challenge, and for me, like, I'm a goalie, so should I I should probably be more defensive. I'm more of an attacking coach. Like, I played with three forwards a couple years ago when we only lost one game, and the coaches from we blew like we were we were good. We blew everybody out. I think every, like our lowest game was four one, and the end of the year meeting with the coaches, they're like, oh, you, why would you play three forwards and all? That. I'm like what? I'm like, this is college. I'm like, he goes, it's not fair. I'm like, well, I had three really good guys. I'm like, like, I'm sorry. I'm like, next time, like, and this is the thing, like, I would take my guys out and it wasn't fair to my starters. So we would go up two, three goals. I would take them out and put the bench guys in. So bench guys got a lot of playing time that probably didn't, didn't deserve, but I don't want to, I don't want to get my guys hurt. Right. So like, I'm one of those, one of those coaches where, I take my as soon as it's two three up, I'll I'll take I'll put my guys in the bench guys. So um, I bench guys play a lot, probably more than most of my starters, and probably backfires later on because they're not fit to play ninety minutes. But I mean, we've done a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, yeah, you've had you've had success there. What's been the most surprising thing Um, that you know? Because I think a lot of players think they know what coaching is like and then you get into coaching and it's a lot different what was the the most surprising thing for
1: you the surprising thing is there's a lot of stuff that goes into it other than just on the field stuff because you think you're like everybody thinks oh you show up before practice you set up practice and you leave after practice and it's done (laughs) especially with college kids you're dealing with school work house stuff you're like my office is always open for them like these guys come in like my college coach you couldn't really talk to i'm more of an open my office they got to come in they could hang out talk about stuff cuz i mean everybody makes mistakes and for me it's like i started out younger like cuz when you're a young kid your parents tell you something you're like oh what they're they're old what are you what are you trying to tell me you know like they don't listen to your parents but since i'm closer to those guys age they they listen to me more like i've been through it like i've played pro soccer so like they listen to me more so they do come in and we'll have conversations about life school like even like girlfriends like it's it's everything like they i could talk to these guys about everything and i try to help them out because a lot of those guys like so so many kids are like oh, i'm going to mexico to try out instead of uh, playing college soccer i'm like listen not to burst your bubble but mm-hmm. there's guys in mexico there's kids in mexico on the street that are <laughs> not better than you but they could go and do it. Plus, when you go as a young kid to try out your 18, 19 try out at an academy, those kids those academy kids have been there forever. Yeah. Since they were young. So they're in a system, they know how to play. Why would they bring in a kid from the US that Bobby that hasn't got any good training from academies over a kid that's been in their system for a while? Yeah. So I'm like, but I'm like, go ahead. Go go try out. It's it's good. you're going to learn." But you're going to be back and it happens a lot those kids come back and oh i don't want to play soccer anymore i'm like listen i'm like that's not i told you before i'm like this is probably the closest thing you're going to come to uh, pro soccer so enjoy it four years of college because like they'll play for a year and they'll, they'll stop I'm, and then i'm like there's no going back I'm like once you hit 30 upper 30s 40 years old you can't go back and play soccer yeah. So you might as well do it because you could always get a job, start a career later on. But once you're too old to play soccer, you're not going back. And yeah. then you don't want to be 40 years old sitting on the chair, like man, I was good back in the day. I should have tried it because there's no going back. You can't turn back time.
0: I, I always tell guys, especially when they're still younger and you know deciding about do I continue to pursue it or oh I should get a real job. I'm like, listen, when you're when you're 65, 70, sitting at home, you're not gonna be like, oh I'm so much a half year that I have that little bit of yeah. extra money like that's not going to make the that's difference what it is it. like
1: I have, I have friends that have like really good careers now and their work and they're like man I'm jealous of you because you did what you wanted to do you traveled I mean that's the best part about playing is you get to see so many places you get to hang out with guys and that probably like the thing that I miss the most is just hanging out with the guys the locker room stuff like yeah the soccer part was fun but, like, it's the stuff off the field that basically makes it. Absolutely. Like, but, like, a lot of those kids don't understand it, is that college, you play college, you're hanging out with your buddies, and you're not really fighting for spots, but you are. When you make it pro and if somebody has a family to feed off of that, they're, yeah, you have your group of guys that you're, you're cool with, but you're fighting for your spot every single day
0: yeah it's a lot easier to get ready too than when you're at university or something
1: yeah it's like you go party go to school and then you know but there's a lot like and this is another thing they don't understand is like you got to put in your work outside of the field you can't just go to practice and that's it you got to work out you got to work on stuff like and that's what those kids don't really do they think oh i'm pretty good so i'm done after practice they can't wait for practice to be over so they could get out play video games to do whatever like any like and every team that i've played on guys would come in early to work on stuff guys would stay after just shooting or whatever it is and then go to the gym do fitness whatever they need to do and a lot of those kids don't have that because you play club soccer you're practicing what twice three times a week maybe and that's it that's all the soccer they get you got to do stuff on your own go to the park do and it really shows the difference between guys that do that and guys that only show up when they have to
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i mean i I coach kids now it's I had a group of kids that are are bad, like bad news bears, bad. And those parents are like, "Why is my kid not playing?" I'm like, "Your kid's not. He doesn't want to be here." Like, there's practices where he's like, "I'm like, why are you here?" And he was like, "Well, my mom drove me here." I'm like, "Okay, that that's cool. Just go over there." Like, parents force kids to play just because they wanted to. They want them to play, or oh, they they played soccer back in the day it's not for everybody you yeah. you gotta have the passion for it if you don't you're just hurting the kid by bringing it to practice and you're hurting other kids because those kids don't want to be there and they they mess up your practices mm-hmm. i had i had a kid i did a 101 drill it was indoor with little pug goals so i passed the ball to the kid the kid kicks the ball out of bounds and i'm like what are you doing he goes oh at least i didn't let it go in and just walks off. I'm like, wow. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you're gonna, you're gonna make it far. <laughs> I mean, he's got a point, but still. <laughs> yeah, but like, you're supposed to try to score because you got the ball, but you just <laughs> kicked it out of bounds, and you're like, at least I didn't, at least, at least I didn't get scored on. And I'm like, wow. I'll, be, I'll have
0: the almost win.
1: <laughs> yeah, d- exactly. No, it's but like kids are growing up differently. Like, are you coaching now? How do you like it? Uh, I like coaching. Uh, I like coaching more than playing right now.
0: I I enjoy I enjoy um, like I think players when you're a player, you don't recognize sometimes what a coach is doing and like kind of it's almost like you're pulling strings in a sense of like, you know, these two guys don't get along. And suddenly then two weeks later, they're like, buddy, buddy, and they, they yeah. don't realize how it happened. But you're, you know, doing certain things and drills to help them be like, oh, I like playing with this guy and all. Um, and you kind of see that you see the team from the outside and watch them grow through a season, I think is, is such like a rewarding thing. Um, and I agree with like the almost, you know, like the mentorship and they come with you to problems outside of, uh, you know, just soccer. But it's funny too. Cause I mean, I'm the same age. Some of my players are older than me. And like uh, yeah. but because you're a coach, they're like, Hey coach, I have a question. Like I'm looking for advice. I'm like, how would i know that you're older than me like i don't yeah. know <laughs> but i oh, know i love it but it's uh i i i tell people like play as long as you can because coaching is so much more work like as a oh, player yeah. it's like you show up you do what the coach says you worry about your individual play and of your body and you're done and it's like the i think the the hardest thing is your brain never shuts off as a coach you'll wake up at two in the morning you're like Oh, but well, what thinking if I it. did, if I sub this guy here because, and they're like, oh, my gosh, you can never. You're always
1: second-guessing yourself because, like, if, if if you lose a game, like, this this is how I always thought about it. I'm like, oh, it's the players, the players. Like, no, a lot of the stuff, a lot of our decisions affect the game. Like, because you could have played this guy here. You could have played this guy here. Like, man, but when you do make a sub and it turns out, right, like I've thought it so many times where I'll put a guy in and we score right away, and I'm like, damn. Like, yeah, those feel good. It's, it's, that those feel good, but then you have players like we. I I understand. I've played on a good good college program, so I understand that it's really hard playing against bad teams. Like it's really hard to get mm-hmm. up. So like when I yell at my guys for it, like we we'll play a bad team and we're struggling before half, and I'm going off on these guys, and I'm like in the back of my head, I'm like, I I've been through that, you know, and I don't know how to fix that because it's really hard to motivate guys when before, like, you beat the team, like, 7-0 the, day, the game before, and then you play them again, like, how do you motivate guys? Yeah. So, like, you play against a team in Milwaukee, and i friends with the guy because I played indoor with them, and they're bad. Like, he's, he has a hard time recruiting over there just because there's so many schools around. Yeah. And he'll come to me and be like, man, just put your bench guys in today. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, you want to play my starters. Because they're going to take it easy because they know they're going to win. I'm like, when I put my bench in, that's when they want to show that they could play. And it happened so many times. I think the last time we played them, I think it was only like 2-0 at halftime. I put my bench guys in and ended up like 11 or 12. And we're just standing in the middle of the field just laughing and he's like, like man, just put your starters back in. <laughs> no, but like like you're going back on it. Like you're trying to give advice to all these kids. It's, But it's a lot of stuff like you, you don't really know what a player is going through. Like you, you see him mad on the field or something. And then you talk to him after and he's like, he's going through stuff at home and like, that's the stuff you, you have to like take into consideration when you're coaching, yeah. especially in college. Like these kids are, and it's as dumb as it is. It's like women problems. I'm like, listen, like the best advice I could give you stay single throughout college. <laughs> don't like I made a mistake. I'm like, stay single, have your fun. You're, because all these kids, they get their first girlfriend and they think it's the love of their life. I'm like, yeah, it's the love of your life right now. You're, trust me, you're gonna go through a lot of women in your lifetime. I'm like, don't just, I had a kid, I had a kid get engaged this year oh, wow. at, at 18. And I'm like, first question that came to my head, I was like, she's pregnant. And he's like, no, like, I was like, I'm like, you know what? do what you got to do but I'm like you're and then when you see them like break up and because I have most of those kids on Facebook and Instagram and sometimes they forget I'm on there so some of the stuff they post like three three o'clock in the morning we practiced at six in the morning three o'clock in the morning you'll post something and I could see it I'm like and then he shows up late to practice I'm like really I'm like look like, oh I just missed the train I got stuck on a train I'm like Oh, so you weren't up at three in the morning driving around or something, you know, hanging out with your buddies? It happens all the time. Like, we originally like uh, seven zero. I had uh three of the kids come into my uh, room in the hotel, and my like, coach, can we go to the movies? It was across the street. So I'm like, you know what? Like, go ahead, go uh go to the movies. They're dumb because I'm laying in bed with my assistant in the in, uh in the other bed, and we're like and they posted something on their uh, Instagram, like on their story. I'm like, Let's see what movie they're watching. Post it, they're at the bar. And oh I'm like, you goodness. gotta be kidding me. I'm like, we're in the Sweet 16 and the day before the game, and you're at the bar. So, got my phone, I just texted her. I'm like, first of all, you guys are stupid. You have 20 minutes to get back. They walk into my room, I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. And oh we lost the goodness. game, and it was, one of them was my goalie. He let in three goals on, like, two shots. <laughs> so I take him out before halftime, and he has the balls to walk by me and like, why would you take me out? I'm like, are you, are you serious? And I'm like, first of all, you went out last night. I'm like, now I know why you're playing like that. And he's like, what does me going out have to do with me playing? I'm like, oh. And then I just, I just literally told someone, I'm like, just get this kid away from me. Sheesh. Like, my, my first year coaching, like, as a head coach, made it to – the elite eight in new york so we drove three vans and i the third van was me and my assistant and then the third van was a guy that was helping us out well a younger kid like really nice kid just helping us out driving the van so the guys in that van bought a case of beer at one of the guest stations we stopped so we're on our way to new york we stopped in cleveland yeah so and he tells me and that that was before like smartphones I sound old, but yeah, that was like, you, you still had the razor. So we get to the hotel in Cleveland and he tells me that he's like, Hey, by the way, I don't want to be a snitch, but I heard Ken's opening. And I'm like, so I get everybody in the room. I'm like, who bought the beer? Who had beer? Nobody's answering. I'm like, so if I check all your bags, you're not going to have anything. Right. All of a sudden five guys raise their hands. I'm like coach, we got it. We got beer. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, First-year coach, I'm like, if I let this go, like, they're just going to walk all over me. Yeah. So I'm like, five of you, pack your stuff up, get in the van. I'm driving you to the train station. You guys are going home. They pack their stuff. They're in the van. So I'm driving with my assistant. No idea where the train station is. Don't have the money to send them back. So we're just driving around. My assistant texts me. and goes, you know where you're going? I'm like, no idea. Like, thank God, two minutes later, they started crying. So all of them start crying, coach, I'm so sorry. Like, we're never gonna do it again. I'm like, all right, this is your last chance. <laughs> Get him back to the hotel. <laughs> I'm like, if they didn't start crying, I don't know what I was gonna do, but I'm like, I had to do something. Yeah. Like, I don't have enough money. We don't have the budget to take you guys back home. I don't even know what a train station is. <laughs> but like, this is the stuff you deal with. <laughs> oh,
0: that's incredible. Oh my goodness.
1: But I'm like, now Now it's a funny story, but back then, like, Oh yeah.
0: And it's hard because like, in the moment, like, you, you have to figure out ways to, like, take the emotional side out of it and, like, make a good decision. And it's, like, it's something that you've never even thought about that could happen, and then you have to suddenly make a quick decision. There's no one else to yeah. ask. You're the head coach. Like, it's on you. Because
1: this is the thing. At the end of the day, you're in charge of these guys. So, mm-hmm. stuff, like, even them getting <laughs> drunk. I could get I could lose my job for it. I'm like, I'm not gonna lose my job over kids like this is this is my job, this is my career right? that's what this is what yeah. I wanna do. I don't wanna lose my job over this, so you kind of like have to stop it right there because yeah. if if you let these guys do it, then it's gonna get around like oh this guy this guy doesn't care you, they'll do we get to New York, they'll do the same thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's like. You don't understand it. Like, when I played in college, my coach was a hard ass. Like, you couldn't talk to him. Like, he was just strict. And then, me as a kid, I'm like, oh, this guy's a mess. You know, like, well, till you till you start coaching. And I talked to him, like, months ago. I'm like, listen, I'm like, we didn't get along. I'm like, but I understand why you were the way you were. Because if you let these 18, 19, 21-year-olds walk all over you, you're going to lose all, all the control over them. So that's what you have to do you have to be strict but like i'm strict to the point but i still let these guys slide with a lot of stuff like i understand it's a junior college so like if they got to take off practice for work i let them do it like for your schools you practice, you're you're not playing yeah so like you you have to adopt to like because i mean i don't really get a lot of kids that are well off i get a lot of kids that do get financial aid and they need right. to work yeah so yeah. like that's that's the stuff. As long as they don't take advantage of it, but for the most part, they like to practice and play. Yeah, I've I've had guys that play during season and get hurt. That's another another thing. Like I'm like I'm not. I told you I'm like I'm not going to drive in the leagues and look if you guys are playing. I'm like if you're going to, I've had guys that got hurt right before nationals. So I'm like. Yeah, I'm pissed off, but I'm like, you did this to yourself. I'm like, you did all this work. You did preseason. You played all the games. You're a starter on this team. All of a sudden, you have a broken nose right now, which he told me he was moving a bed and it fell on his nose. I'm like, come on man. I'm not stupid. And I've I've had kids that came in with knee injuries, and he's like, oh, man, coach. And this is the true story. He's like, I went to Stard rock. I was hiking, and I slipped, and I hit my knee, which I knew wasn't true. But you go to the trainer. And a trainer's is treating you for a bruised knee when you have a sprained knee. I'm like, you kind of have to tell the truth. And yeah, he he stuck with this life for a good year till he he was done playing. And I'm like, now you could tell me. He's like, yeah, I was playing. I'm like, I know. I'm not. I'm not dumb.
0: It's kind of. I, I feel like players sometimes are. Uh, it's similar to like when you're a kid with your parents and you like tell them something and it's like they they always know. It's like same with oh. coaching. Like you you know, and these guys. They think their excuse or reason is, like, and you're just like, okay. And But
1: you know. They'll, like, this is the thing. Like, they'll test you and see what they could get away with. Yeah. So, two years ago, I played in St. Louis. We had a All-Star game in the in – the, I think it was during the summer or end of summer. So, it was already during college season. So, I drove to St. Louis. We probably at 6 a.m. So, they didn't think I was going to be back because I said, I'm like, I might be back, might not be back, but probably won't because I played. I drove back from St. Louis, got there at like 5.30. So, I'm standing by the gate to into the stadium, and I'm like, looking at my watch, 6 o'clock, no on the field. And they slowly walking out of the locker room, like, hee-hee, ha-ha-ha. As soon as they see me, faces go down. So, they go in on the field, and bag of balls, they're trying to take balls out. I'm like, nah, like... Put those back. You don't need balls today. I'm like, if I could get here from St. Louis on time, you guys could be here on time. So they ran for a good, like, 45 minutes. They're done. They're, like, trying to – I'm like, you guys are useless now. Just go home. Like, see, like, the, my assistant's a really nice guy, so they'll, they'll probably try to take advantage of him. I had Nestor as my assistant this year. He They did not take advantage of that because Nestor – I've never seen somebody make people do burpees as much as Nestor did <laughs> or any little thing. He's, Nestor was hard on them, but they needed it, so.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Down the road at some point, they'll, uh, they'll look back on it and be like, yeah, it's because the coach actually cared. Yeah,
1: no, him. the best thing is when they come back years later for like an alumni game and they're like, they thank you for it. Like, I had a great time here. There, there are so many kids where, like I told you, like they'll play one semester and they'll, they're done you know they'll they'll fail out all the classes and then they won't be back and they'll still show up next year for like practice like oh can i just practice with you guys and they regret it i've had so many guys that would play one year take a year off because of grades and then come back a year later just because they they miss it yeah but there's a lot of those kids i mean i've now i figured when i first started out as coaching was as a college coach it was more coaching right I was like, oh, about coaching. I didn't really get into the school part. And I'm like, I can't tell you to go to class when I barely went to class in college, you know. So, but, like, you figure out which classes you could put them in, which teachers are okay with you missing because of games and stuff. Like, I have the whole system down. So, like, I have more and more kids coming back every year. And it, it helps because when you have all freshmen, but the time they get the way you want them to play, season's over yeah and then you bring a new group in for next year and then because our spring season i I think i'm one of the only junior colleges that actually does spring because those coaches like you get paid by the season you know you don't really care but i'm like i do open practices all spring summer so those guys are always together even the guys are coming in the year the next year yeah like the high school kids come in for like open play and stuff so i do a lot more than i probably should but i enjoy it so that's why that's why we're good
0: <laughs> that's the that's the problem you do more you're gonna increase your chances of uh succeeding but oftentimes uh organizations are willing to let you do that for free and not
1: that, that's a, oh, i mean that's the thing, thing. like all the, all the all the recruiting all the stuff in the summer and the fall i don't get i mean a no, spring i don't get paid for it i do it because i like winning yeah. yeah and there's so many co like there's so many colleges where like, I'll lose I'll lose recruits to other colleges. I won't name which ones, but they uh, – and then they're like, Coach, I think I'm going to go there. I'm like, you know what? Go there. I guarantee you're going to be calling me after season because those coaches just bring in kids for the season. They don't help them out with anything. Like, my main goal is to bring kids in and get them in to go into four-year schools. So, like, yeah, the, the soccer part is important and stuff, but for me – I succeed when you go and get a scholarship at a four-year school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's my main goal. Yeah, get your, grade, get your grades up so you could actually do it. But yeah. most coaches just do it as a quick little payment for a car payment or something, you know? It, and they know they're going to get new kids every year, so they don't care. Like I had a kid that lived right next to my college, ended up going to another college close by, scored 48 goals in 18 games. Bad. i'm like man you score 48 goals for me i'll go to class for you like that's that's a lot yeah so, and then he was like four credits short to play next year coach didn't even help him out they didn't even help him go to summer school or anything like just because he knew he was going to get new kids i'm like and then he ended up coming to me like i've had so many kids that go to a different school and transfer out back to me just because i'm like you just look, you got to look at it. that's why i tell him i'm like because they're like okay coach, why would I come here over like a four division, division three, four-year school? I'm like, listen, when you go to a four-year school, their job is to keep you there for four years. Mm-hmm. My job is to get you out yeah. to a four-year school as for as big like biggest scholarship you can get. Plus they don't understand it. You transfer over to a junior college, you're getting money for grades plus financial aid. So when you go to a four-year school after, they're not wasting a full ride on you. So yeah. it's easier to go. 100%. Plus, Plus, when you go as a freshman, you're most likely redshirted, and it happens a lot. Over here, you're going to get your playing time for the first year or two, and then transfer out. Once you transfer out, you're getting playing time because they're not going to bring a kid in to put them on the bench. You're you're bringing a kid in that's actually going to play. Yeah. So that's the
0: struggle. That's your struggle trying to you got to convince them to see that. I think a lot of a lot of players get all starry eyed about this, that and in third instead of making wild it's it's decisions. a lot of it's a
1: lot of pride for those kids. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the thing. Like they you know how many kids I get like I'm ai am I'm s I'm, I'm gonna go D one and it's senior year, like almost school's over. You're going D one. I'm like, Well are you talking to anybody? Oh no no, like buddy, recruiting's done junior year for your class. Yeah. And then I'm like, don't worry, you're going to call me in the summer at once. Because it's it's a pride thing, too. I'm like, oh, they all think they're going to go and play D1 soccer. That's not for everybody. And it's hard to get in. Plus, if you haven't talked to a coach yet, good luck.
0: Yeah, seriously. Oh, honest with the shout-out. Such kind
1: words. <laughs> He's actually watching. You must be bored, honest. You
0: must be bored. But yeah, so I I appreciate you being on here today, man. I appreciate you no sharing your story, and your insight. Um, obviously from a coach's perspective too, it's interesting to to hear that because it's a little bit different uh, than a player's because you see it from the the other yeah. side of things. So thank you though for sharing. It's been sharing fun. All of it.
1: It's been fun, man. Take care over there.
0: All right, man. Have a good day.
1: Good luck. Bye.
0: Bye.